in downtown Manhattan, in the center of the universe, where we do all of the kidding, manufacturing, shipping, coding, videoing, tutorializing, and more. It all happens here in the United States. All that advanced manufacturing, it's yeah. here, it's happening, and we've got a show for you about one hour of news and updates and videos and discount codes and more. We gotta get into it because it's just so yeah. much going on. Mr. Lady Ada, what's on tonight's all show? Right. Tonight, the code is Makerverse, and that's because we had some special guests on show and tell. We'll talk about that and more soon. 10% off in the Adafruit store all the way up to 11.59 p.m. Eastern Time. And if you're going to go to Silicon, um, the Comic-Con that's coming up, uh, we have a discount code for that, too. So multiple discounts tonight. Ooh, multi, so, yeah. multi uh, We're going to talk about our live series of shows, including Show and Tell, which was epic tonight. Thank you, everyone who came by. We've got everyone's favorite segment, Chip Shortage, because um, we can't get chips. Uh, it's analog devices this week. We'll talk about what we really want, what we ordered, and what we don't have. Um, advanced manufacturing, all the cool stuff that we do here in New York City. We make stuff. Some 3D printing projects and more. We've got Ion MPI, where we introduce a new product, brought to you by DigiKey this week. It's from ST. We've got some new products. We've got a little bit of top secret. I'm gonna answer your questions. We do all the questions on Discord, adafruit.it slash Discord. We can join 35,000 of us. There's a lot of us there. And you can even hang out there after we're done broadcasting. There's a whole giant community that is showing and sharing their projects and more, so hang out. All that and more tonight on, you guessed it, Ask an engineer. Oh, there's okay. so much going on. So um, the code is Makerverse, but I just want to uh, mention. What one, is a Makerverse? Well, um, so the Savage Makerverse is coming up at one of the biggest, best events. The Silicon Valley premier Comic-Con returns. It has the best in pop culture, tech science, makers, artists, cosplay, gaming, comic creators, authors, and more. It's August 27th to 28th. And you can get tickets, and you can go. Um, it's the San Jose Convention Center. Um, if you, so we have, so there was, there's an Adafruit discount code. That's for your store. But if you want to go to this event and save 15% off, use the code Adafruit. And um, because we live on the internet, and this is the way it works now, so we have nothing to do with this other than we're fans they said oh here we'll have a discount code for your community we get no money we're not compensated in any way we really like this event and all the people that are doing it that's how we roll there's tons of things that we like and we put it on our blog and there's things that we're like hmm that's interesting we have nothing to do with any of this stuff all of the time um, we honestly think it would so, be a fun so, event to so go that's to. our disclosure is like this is so cool uh you couldn't pay us enough to promote it because we just think it's cool so we did it for free so anyways um use the code adafruit uh if you're going to siliconsj.com and you're going to get tickets tonight use makerverse on adafruit.com if you want to save some money on anything that you're buying in the adafruit store and we'll do some promotions and more so anyways uh i hope that makes the most sense and then if you're shopping in the adafruit store we have a bunch of freebies freebies we still have the 99 dollars or more promo proto hashtag breadboard pcb a colorful pcb great for taking your uh solderless breadboard projects and making them permanent we are still kicking it with the pink pcb PCB stands for pink PCB. It's weird. Uh, it is uh, a KB2040. Um, it has an RP2040 microcontroller, uh, dual core, 133 megahertz, eight megabytes of flash, stemming QT connector, castellated pads. We designed it for people who want to use something with that's a pro micro shape, 
but using the latest chip, the RP2040, and it's free when you get 149 or more in the store. 199, we've got free UPS ground shipping, and still we have back the Circuit Playground Express. It was out for a bit because we couldn't get some parts, but then we got some parts and we immediately made Circuit Playground Expresses with them, our favorite development platform. Um, great for cosplay, great for making, great for learning, great for coding. Uh, it's got all the sensors and buttons and stuff built into it, so you can start get started without any soldering or tools. It's free when you order uh, $2.99 or more from the Adafruit shop. Okay, and a reminder, so there is a giant global part shortage, and there's also um, an incredibly small supply of certain things like Raspberry Pis. So one of the things that we did, it's not only good security, but it's the way we manage um, folks not purchasing certain things and putting them on eBay for $500 is um, please make sure you make an account, you verify your email address, and then you set up two-factor authentication on your phone that keeps your account safe and secure. And it allows us to uh, limit the sales one per person for things like Raspberry Pis. And that's just kind of the world we're living in right now. Believe so, me, if we could do it any other way, we would, but this yeah, is the best turns way. Turns out it worked. This is um, how it works for us. Yeah. Uh, and the only people that are unhappy are the folks that were um, gouging one another for um, Raspberry Pis for $500. They would buy one and then they would put it on eBay or other places. And uh, that's not nice. That's, that's not right. fair. We want to make sure that all the makers, engineers, and people attending stuff like Silicon that's right. get a Raspberry Pi to make their projects. They shouldn't be $500. That was the whole point. 35 bucks. Okay. So we do a bunch of live shows. Today was an epic one. So that's why we're um, starting to ask an engineer a little later. Um, on the show and tell uh, this week, we're trying to help get the word out with Adam Savage's Silicon. It's um, Silicon Valley's premier Comic Con, and it's back, Adam Savage and friends. So um, they stopped by. And um, you can go to Silicon SJ and you can see the theme. It's creating the improbable. And uh, there's a lot of folks that you may know. Adam was there, show and tell. Jen Schechter is there. Sophie showed up. Um, there's people that are speaking at the event and doing workshops and more who you know. Like, Jay oh, James, from, we're friends. Yeah, Kevin from DigiKey stopped by. Um, so there's a lot going on on the show and tell, but um, we wanted to um, help out because there is a, a there was a time and place where there was a maker fair every year, and there was a time and place where there was a lot of things going on every year. And if we all want this to come back, and we want places for makers to build stuff, like Sophie's doing the school um, cyberpunk uh, workshop, yeah, this in-person thing, these experiences that uh, we can all have, um, we, we have to support events like this, and we have to uh, go there, um, and we have to also you know, figure out what things that we want to teach and share one day. And this is the way to do it. So um, if you want, check it out. You can watch the show and tell. And like I said, we have um, a discount code. And this is code. physical, in-person event. Yeah. And then um, you can watch the show and tell with all of the folks who stopped by. But we also have a, a message from Adam. Hey, everybody. Adam Savage here in my cave to tell you that Silicon... Well, actually, officially, Adam Savage's Silicon is coming soon. It's weird to say it out loud. But it is Silicon Valley's own Comic-Con. It is August 27th and 28th. And in addition to a magnificent roster of awesome celebrities, we also have makers galore coming from all over the world. Some of my favorite and most admired colleagues are gonna be sharing their tips, tricks, techniques, and stories with you. So we'll see you there. Okay, and then on Sundays we do Desk of Lady Ada. We do it in two parts. The first part is uh, 
usually when you're showing off stuff, what were you showing off this week? Well, this week I was showing off, um, I don't know if you, we mentioned that there's this part shortage, but there's a part shortage, and so I've had to do a lot of redesigns. So for example, the CP2104 is a chip that we've used in a lot of boards, no longer available. So I'm doing redesigns to change over to CP2102, very similar, that does require slightly different layout and parts. And one of the things that's happened is, you know, it's one of those things where you're like, oh, I want to just like dust something off. And then before you know it, you're like completely cleaning out the entire room and like changing everything around. So I did a gut renovation basically on the Metro Mini because I was like, wow, while I'm here, why not add a STEM IQT port? Why not go with a USB-C port? So I talk about all those changes and uh, show off this design um, and uh, some of the, uh, also the sensor that I was testing. This is a very cool um, gas sensor called the AGS-02MA that I was testing with the new Metro Mini. Okay. And then uh, we also do a segment called The Great Search. Where's that part I need? Because it's so f- hard to find parts now. Um, so what did you try to help people okay. find uh, this week on digikey.com? Well, what's funny is half the parts that we do on The Great Search are things that people send in. People are like, hey, can you help me find a part? And then one half are parts that I have to find. Uh, so this last week I had to find an alternative for the now discontinued Fan 5333, a really amazing 1.5 amp switch uh, DC-DC boost converter that runs in constant current mode. It's a really, it was a very good chip, um, no longer available. So, so tried to find something that's pin and size compatible, uh, hopefully functionally compatible. Found a couple options. Um, one is closer in price and one is closer in functionality. So I might end up using both as I uh, do some board respins. Okay. Um, show's coming up. Don't forget JP's product pick of the week. That's coming up on Tuesday. Um, you can watch the highlight. Um, this week, we're not going to play all the highlights on the show because we did a bunch of show and telling. Um, JP's workshop is tomorrow. Be sure to tune into that. And then uh, triumphant return of uh, Scott on Deep Dive this week. So tune into this at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. and get the so this has deep dive with Tim, but it's going to be deep dive with Scott, not That's Tim. That's right. Um, the, the original host. Um, so Scott will be filling in for Tim this week. So uh, stop on by and say hi to Scott. All right. Um, we're going to uh, kick it off with everyone's uh, most feared and uh, most <laughs> favorite segment. Here we go. All right, this week's part Thing shortage is analog <laughs> devices. Ahead of what's possible is the tagline, Lady Ada. It's so ahead, I can't get it. What are we <laughs> not able to get to make electronics this week? Okay, so this week, the part I can't get is the AD8495. Um, this is a K-type analog thermocouple uh, front end and uh, filter. It's actually kind of a cool chip because it converts a K-type thermocouple, uh, it's like this, it's an eight MSOP part into an analog voltage. We have a bunch of um, Maxim parts that do digital K-type thermocouple or J whatever thermocouple readings. But what if you want an analog input, that's kind of cool. Um, so we love this chip and people yeah. love, you know, they really like our breakout. What do we use it in? We, this, the AD8495 breakout. So we can't 
make these. We cannot make these. And and how many um, young people are not able to explore all of the things that they could experiment with and do with electronics? Like this it's is this is a top seller. Of there's ours. like five thousand orphans yeah. that are crying. <laughs> In the dark tonight because yeah. they cannot do their high temperature data logging or people who are doing. Um, this is like a really also a lot of people product. who just want to make barbecue. This is really common for people who are making smokers, uh, people who are making DIY coffee roasters, uh, people who there's are. A, doing there's kilns. so many projects that use this. So okay, um, so here it is on the analog devices site. Is it in stock at DigiKey? Well, let's check out. So uh, let's see. Do 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 do. Oh no! Wait. Zero. This is our life. And like the lead time is like 80 weeks. Yeah. So we did order these. Uh, we ordered 6,000 back in May of last year. Yeah. And it's now pushed to November of this year. That's months away. But here's the thing. I'm not even sure we're going to get it in November. This is a you know, very estimate. So um, we would really like this. Miss Analog, please, please, please allocate us some of these parts. Um, there's an A type and a B type. I'll take either uh, at this point. Please, please, please ship us a couple thousand of these 80, 84, 95s. It's, we did everything right. We ordered them over a year ago. We did everything. We, we ordered them, yeah, directly from Analog, too. We really want to make some of these. We really, <laughs> people we really, want, we were, like, the, 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 the orphans are clawing at me daily. I cannot walk yeah. down the street. They're, everyone is just begging me for 80, 84, 95 breakout boards, please. Please, why would you do this to children? Why? All right, so that's this week's uh, chip shortage. Looking forward to not playing that song one day. Um, all right, so let's uh, kick it off with some uh, good news. It's Python on hardware time. Yay, Blinka. Yeah, we got a lot of stuff going on in the world of Python. Okay. Well, we hit a milestone. Yeah. 300 CircuitPython libraries. From Adafruit, we also have you know almost 100 from the community and the community bundle. But Adafruit, us, we, um, yeah. whenever we do a breakout board, unless there's some really weird reason, we always do a uh, library for it. Uh, sometimes there's stuff under NDA or there's a pre-compiled binary we can't, but pretty much 99% of our breakout boards and uh, dev boards and sensors and helpers and libraries and stuff um, are part of the Adafruit CircuitPython libraries. Here's the good news. Every CircuitPython library we write um, is supported and also works in C Python, which means it works on a Raspberry Pi. It works on a computer with a, a USB GPIO converter, like an FT232. If you, if you learn Python once, you can use it in all these places. That's yeah. kind of the cool thing. The write once, run anywhere thing is actually possible now. With Python. Also, um, these libraries work on MicroPython if you use the Blinka library. Yep. So we hit 300. Uh, thanks so much for everyone who helps. You know, all of these have documentation and typing data and read the docs and example codes. And it's just been awesome. Um, you know, one of the best decisions I made was let's have one library that works for CircuitPython and, you know, Python boards as well. Because, you know, people love to use our sensors with single board computers like BeagleBone, Raspberry Pi, yeah. as well as microcontrollers. Write once, run everywhere. 
Yeah, and if you want to support Adafruit and all of the folks that we pay to write all these libraries and more, uh, pick up an electronic kit. Pick up a breakout board. Yep. Something at Adafruit.com and use the discount code tonight. Um, other news um, we wanted to get out there, speaking of supporting others, GitHub Sponsors now has uh, more countries, so if you want to sponsor someone in another country, you can. Uh, Circuit Python Day is coming up pretty soon. Two weeks. It is Friday, August 19th. We have a lot going on. We have a panel discussion. We've got chat with some of the core team. We have a special edition of a CircuitPython-themed show-and-tell. We have a project build. There's a lot of stuff going on. Um, Foamy Guy is doing a CircuitPython Day uh, game jam stream. Oh, yeah. And then um, the thing that we're going to show off, um, and then we have a ton of other things going on in the newsletter and the world of Python on hardware. Lots of Unending Picos. projects and Games, things videos, that you can make. MicroPython. But I thought what we would do this week is um, show what came in the mail here. Oh, that's right. So, so this is from. Why don't you hold this up, and then I'll get this all yeah. cleared off and ready. So this is. What the, could it be? I well, wonder what it is. This is actually a real unboxing. Um, so thank you, Kevin, who sent this along. These are the hack tablets. Okay, so um, here's a. Oh, you have. A you one. may have seen the um, show and tell in the past, where Kevin came on, and Tim's show. Um, Tim also went over this and said, "We're giving these away." And the, the way we're giving these away is, um, Kevin sent this to us, and um, we're gonna take care of all the shipping and everything. So uh, here it is, Adafruit team, encloses five quantity of the hack tablets in support of the CircuitPython Day giveaway coordinated with Tim Fomiga. Thank you for your support on this hack. K-Match, so okay. here, put that on the overhead, see? Look at this. I didn't know what was gonna be in this box. Like, it could've been anything. Could've been like, squirrels. Um, and then uh, here's the uh, hack tablets. All right, so let's show, let's show one off. And I can, uh, yeah, why don't you open up one? Um, okay. You can use the. Uh, okay, let's put it. Yeah, go yeah. to the overhead, and I'll, uh, I'll I'll carefully open one up. Yeah, you ready? Yep. Okay. Hit let's, me. Uh, do it. Okay, so take off my rubber band, and then I'll just carefully open. Well, we wrap this when complete. Okay, so this is. Uses a Creston display and enclosure, and then we'll unwrap this. Okay, ooh. Okay, so this got a um, ESP32S3NR8R8, which means it's got eight megabytes of flash, eight megabytes of PS RAM, and it needs that because uh, this is plugged in and controls a uh, seven-inch capacitive touch display there's also okay there's ooh, there's a little thing welcome to hack tablet this is using circuit python uh we're going to they're going to try to get into the main branch uh kmatch signed it this is uh genuine um, yeah it's in color and then maybe i can just quickly plug it in i don't know if it's going to work but you know what i'm gonna risk it i guess the only question is i don't know how to i'm learning too but maybe i can just plug it into here i don't know you think maybe? I didn't I didn't expect that we would be powering it up though. That's yeah, I, I don't know. either. So I'm sorry if I if I do something wrong. Well, it lit up. Something's okay. happening. Something's happening. Oh. <gasps> oh. Whoa. Look at that. <laughs> As you can tell, we completely didn't plan this. Look at this. This is great. So someone so, cool. so someone is definitely going to get one of these for sure. Yeah, I don't think the touch screen does any Oh, it oh, does. Yeah. It yeah, follow I can I can Whoa, that's kind of fun. Yeah, isn't that cool? 
right. Yeah, this is this is super fun. So do you want one of these? Yes. Yeah. And you can get it for free, Circuit, right? Circuit Python Day is when we'll be giving these away. Ooh. So, uh... Amazing. That's what you want, Circuit Python Day. Okay. All right. Thank you so much, Kmatch and Foamy Guy, for getting the word out on these. And uh, thank you to the Circuit Python community that's making all this possible together. And that is this week's Python on Hardware. Don't forget, you can get this newsletter delivered every single week to your inbox. You can also look at it on the website if you don't want to do that. And uh, it's at Adafruit Daily. We made a completely separate site because we don't want anything connected to your store account because we don't like spam either. We don't spam you anywhere. But this made it super duper clear. This is completely separate just for, for newsletters. Okay, I got to put this carefully back into That's right. this bag. Um, that out of the box demo with the hack tablet was better than like my first iPod. <laughs> yeah. My first iPod didn't work out of the box. Okay. Good work, Kmatch. Okay, um, let's do some open source hardware news. We have 2,708 guides in the Adafruit yes. learning system. Um, this week, what's on the big board, Lady Ada? Um, yes, uh, how about I give this to you so it's safe because I'm the clumsy one. Uh, this week, we've got from Liz Clark a really cool CircuitPython USB MIDI to CV one volt per octave uh, skull helper. Um, it basically, if you have a synthesizer or a rack that takes uh, one volt per octave analog input, and, but you want to control it for MIDI or you want to like do some arpeggiation or you want to do some filtering, what have you, um, this little tool will use a Cutie Pie, which is a microcontroller with USB, and then you connect a 12-bit uh, DAC to it and it will generate your one volt per octave. So how handy is that? Um, and it's skull shaped. So I don't know if we have a little video. We'll show the one minute video. We do have a video yeah, we'll that we're going to show at the end. Okay. Um, we've also got uh, from JP, he's got a little tutorial on how to use motorized slider pots, also known as motorized faders. Um, he's got some circuit Python code, the Arduino code's coming, but basically if you're like, okay, I've got this motorized potentiometer fader from Adafruit, how do I actually use it? There's a capacitive touch, there's the, you know, changing um, the location, how do I get it to move to a particular location? He's got some example code um, to get you going, so check that out, it's a great little guide, and he'll be doing some fun projects with these motorized faders. Um, we've also been updating some of our guides, the SCD30 guide and the DPS 310 guide. I think these were both added uh, to the Whippersnapper um, sensor quick starts. So if you want to use these with their IoT service with no coding, no soldering, um, these sensors are supported and now have documentation thanks to Eva. Okay, next up on the big board. Uh, next up, Katni also wrote a tutorial on using the PCF8574. That's last week's, uh, new, two weeks ago, new product. Um, it's a GPIO expander. Um, eight bits that works over I squared C, uh, and she's written a guide that has all the schematics and diagrams, Arduino and CircuitPython or Python code. Um, we've also got the Raspberry Pi face recognition treasure box. This was a massive uh, guide like overhaul by Pet Your Dragon. This is one of our most popular guides. It says um, Abigail, but Abigail actually um, did the helping and moving it from uh, our old system to uh, the new one. It's actually originally written by Tony D. Um, and now updated by Paint Your Dragon. Um, these are Raspberry Pi and um, Eigenface OpenCV to do face recognition and only open the box um, when the origin, original owner's face shows up. So it's a good demo of like machine learning, vision, using the camera. Um, and it was originally written for like the Raspberry Pi 1. So you do not, do not need a Pi 4 for this. 
Um, it was designed for a lower power Pi, which is great because it's kind of hard to get some of the newer ones now. Uh, Andrew Sink, who uh, has a great web page for low polyifying uh, 3D models, wrote a guide. It's an ASCII thing where you upload an STL file and it makes cool ASCII art. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so, fantastic yeah. 3D digital artist um, that we had work on a guide with us. It's uh, 3D Scan Week here. Yes. So, yeah, coincidentally, these both came out at the same time, but they're two different ways of doing it. So, so, so there's both information on both guides. Mm -hmm. um, so, Andrew Sink, we, um, we wanted to, you know, uh, throw some cash his way to uh, help promote his projects. Uh, so, we did that by having him write a guide and uh, how to do 3D scanning and then use his tools to make a low poly model. And then uh, Noah and Pedro also did a guide. Um, they went out and did some statues and they yeah. also showed how to make them into a lamp with uh, some NeoPixels as well. So yeah. we'll if you wanna make yeah, some cool low poly versions, or you don't have to low poly them, but I like the low poly style. Um, but just using foot photography to make 3D models, you don't need a LiDAR, you don't need a special phone. Almost any phone can do it these yep. days uh, using online tools. All right, and uh, here's that video. I was just saying, can you please come back to me after? Because usually we jump straight into the uh, 3D. Yeah, I, wanna, I do want to uh, shout out also if you want to buy, if you want to make one of these uh, MIDI to one volt octave devices, but you don't want to go through the 3D printing and building, um, Thea at um, Stargirl at Winterbloom uh, makes a module that does this as well, oh, that cool. also runs CircuitPython. I want to shout out to her because she's inspiration for this project. Right on. All right, let's do some uh, factory footage here.
it wouldn't be made in New York City for us right now unless uh, Disney was making a building across the street so uh, it's continuing to grow um, it was windy out and it was uh, raining so you can kind of see some things at some of the upper floors I've the little guy on like the me, me. cherry picker hey yeah um, there's a question in the chat when a board goes through one pick and place machine, does it assemble it in one machine and then part of it in the other? Yeah. So for that for that board in particular, because it's all LED, so what we do is we have, you know, each board, each pick and place has a certain number of nozzles, yeah. and so we load that and many nozzles reels, worth of yeah. reels on both, and so because it's all LEDs and they take so long, like a board with 144 LEDs, it's like you can imagine there's a lot yeah. of LEDs. And then what we do is we run the job through a computer that will um, tell us the most optimized way to um, load balance across the machines. Yeah. So usually what happens is you eventually have so many reels and you have one machine. Uh, one of our machines is faster than the other too, so we'll optimize. Uh, basically one of the pick and place machines is kind of like a NeoPixel <laughs> machine. Yeah. And then the other one will be things like, you know, chunky GPS modules and, and stuff. And it's totally like the traveling salesman problem, like, but in a robot. Like this is actually it. You're like, why am I learning about this theoretical graph solving yeah. optimization issue? This is it. This is it. This is the one. Okay, let's do some 3D printing. Okay, um, we're gonna show the video of the, the low poly sculpture um, project and then a speed up. Um, here, I wanted to show this. So this was from the Rubin Museum. It was a, a Buddha sculpture and it's uh, it's beautiful. It's a, it's a person, it's this, you know, uh, giant Zen master that's meditating. Um, but you know the aesthetic that I like is this like uh, pixelated look. Yeah. So I used my phone, I scanned it, and uh, you can print these out. Um, we have to well, it's kind of minimalist, stuff. right? So it's yeah. kind of over that like the Japanese Zen Buddhist style. Yeah, and they're, it's it's really beautiful, and you can you can light these up. And um, one of the neat things is you know you go to a museum and you see sculptures. If you bring your phone with you, um, you can scan it and make your own little miniature ones, and you don't have to even print a big one. Here's a little Buddha, see. And so um, we wanted to show how to do this in a couple different ways. So Noam Pedro showed how to, uh, to uh, make these type of sculptures using all these open source tools. And then we had the original author of this online tool, Andrew, he also did a guide. So this is uh, 3D Scanning Week here at Adafruit. So uh, we'll play those videos back to back and see you on the other side. Hey, what's up folks? In this project, we're scanning statues to 3D print low polygon miniatures. You can 3D scan statues from museums, art galleries, or historical sites to make custom keepsakes. With an Adafruit Cutie Pie and a NeoPixel stick, you can make them glow to make a custom lamp. To diffuse the LEDs, you can 3D print them with zero infill to make them hollow. 
Using photogrammetry, we can generate detailed 3D scans and use a low polygon generator to make artistic renditions. Use the Polycam app and take about 50 photos of a statue at different angles. Even with differences in lighting, distance, and people walking in front of the statue, you can get a pretty decent scan. After Polycam processes the photos, you can export an OBJ file to clean and modify. We imported the file into Blender and removed the unwanted geometry. We'll start by adding a box around the part that we'd like to remove. Next, we'll add a Boolean modifier and use the box to isolate the statue. Switch to edit mode to select any leftover faces and delete. Check out the guide on the Adafruit Learning System for full step-by-step -step tutorial. To generate a low polygon model, we used Andrew Sink's low polygon generator that you can find on lowpoly3d.xyz. Here you can easily decimate the model to get a cool looking low res statue. Next, we'll export our model and then re-import it into Blender to fix any overlapping faces or overhangs. Inside Blender, we can delete extra faces and fill in any holes generated during the low polygon process. Then, we'll use the fill face command to rebuild the geometry. To fix any extreme overhangs, we can pull faces by going into the sculpt mode. We use the elastic deform tool to help pull faces so they're at a 45 degree angle. This will help cut down on the amount of support material. Now we can export the model as an STL and slice for 3D printing. We had a lot of fun printing these and think it's a great way to experience works of art when you aren't physically able to travel. It's also great for archiving. Being able to touch and feel objects that are protected from the public is a great use of this technique. We hope this inspires you to try 3D scanning and make your own. Thanks for watching and be sure to subscribe for more projects from Adafruit. And don't forget, you can watch 3D Hangouts with No Pedro on Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Let's kick it off with some INMPI. Hi, INMPI. This week's INMPI is from ST. Lady Ada, what is your new product introduction of the week? Brought to you by DigiKey. Okay, I'm glad you asked. What is it? <laughs> it's the uh, STLPS28. This is a uh, new barometric pressure and temperature sensor available from ST. Uh, it comes in this funky package. It, um, it's got this like cool lip on it because it's actually designed so you could uh, you know, put into an injection molded case with an O-ring or you can attach a tube to it and have, again, an O-ring maybe to seal it. The thing that's really cool about the sensor is it is a 
um, dual full scale um, up to 4,000 hectopascals absolute digital output um, and it's water resistant. So this is neat because we've had a couple of water resistant packages that are like, okay, you just can use them outside and they're not likely to get damaged, um, especially if you're using it to, to measure outdoor uh, humidity. And like, you know, without a Teflon um, coating, these have like a gel coating. Um, they're I squared C, they have 24 bit reading. Um, but really the thing that's uh, cool about them is that they go to 4,000 HPA. Um, they are part of a family, you know, we stock actually quite a few ST uh, barometers, uh, pressure sensors. I think we stock the LPS 22, the 25, uh, and the 33. So you can see some of these, um, but as you can tell, uh, you know, pretty much all of them except for the 28 only go up to uh, 1260 HPA, which is, you know, basically sea level. Sea level is about 1000, one atmosphere is about 1000 uh, hectopascals. And so that's what you'll usually see for most sensors from SD, from Bosch, from other vendors, um, Sincerion, et cetera. Um, so what's interesting about, uh, oh, sorry. And then here's, here's some of the other sensors. So if you do want to pick some of those up, you know, we, we have some of them in stock as well. Uh, and they're good for, um, altitude sensing. So this is what, you know, a lot of pressure sensors are used for. Yes, you can use them to kind of detect uh, weather patterns, but what they're most commonly used for is, you know, as you, go up a mountain as you go upstairs or as your drone, you know, lifts off the ground, uh, the pressure is going to change and you can use this to detect uh, changes in altitude. Um, but what a lot of them can't do is go below sea level. Um, so one thing that this um, sensor does, which is really nice, is it's got, uh, you know, it's got that MEM sensor in the middle and the ASIC is what does the I squared C uh, conversion. Um, and the metal lid is, you know, mechanical protection, but then it's, it's filled with uh, gel. And so the gel protects it from um, water pressure uh, up to 10 atmospheres, which would be 10,000 hectopascals, um, and keeps it water resistant. So you could actually dunk this underwater. Of course, you know, the rest of the circuitry has to be water protected or sealed, but the sensor itself can be exposed to water. Um, and uh, it even says, you know, water can be uh, mixed with some chlorine or detergent or solvents or chemicals to some extent. I think if you have like a, you know, I wouldn't dunk it in gasoline, but if it's just water that has some contaminants in it, um, the gel will protect the sensor and allow you to still uh, sense that pressure change. And it's important that it can do up to uh, 4,000 um, hectopascals, also known as about four bar, because um, if you wanna use this, say, in a, a diving watch that can go down to 30 meters, or just you know a watch that can survive underwater usage and tell you how far below you're going, um, how far below the surface of the water you are. You know, uh, it's interesting is, you know, most uh, sensors I think they are like you know a couple hundred to again a thousand uh, hectopascals, and and that will actually take you up to like you know most mountain tops. But if you go only down 10 meters underwater, the pressure doubles. At 20 meters, it doubles again, 30 meters. Uh, now it's uh, three times, um, sorry, four times um, as much uh, pressure as you would at sea level. So, um, you know, even though it's like, wow, four, four times the pressure reading, that must mean you can go infinitely deep. Nope, 30 meters, but that's still um, very deep. And of course you could use this as um, a sensor to determine if you're making like a UAV that goes underwater or uh, some other underwater uh, robotic cam or uh, something that um, uh, could be in a high pressure zone, um, this sensor will do the job. And of course it's uh, waterproof as well.
Um, the interface is uh, nice and convenient. It's um, standard I2C. There's an interrupt data ready pin handy. There's an address select pin, so you can have two sensors, or maybe actually four sensors, I think, if you connect the SA0 pin to like power ground, clock, or data. I think you could have a couple different um, I2C uh, uh, address, seven bit addresses. And then it's also not only I2C, but I3C, which we covered a couple shows ago. Um, it's you know the new modern I2C improvement, it has a couple things going for it, but back compatible with I2C. So don't worry, you can still use it with your. Um, 8-bit microcontroller, and then you want to integrate this into an Android running watch with i3C, uh, go for it. You're also good to go. Um, another th nice thing I noticed is uh, the register map is really simple. There's a built-in calibration, um, but the calibration is programmed in at the factory. So you just, once you initialize it, you set up, you know, what FIFOs or whatever you want, or how, you know, how many readings to take before doing any kind of averaging. Um, you pretty much just read the pressure out you know, as, as a uh, scale from zero to, you know, the max value, whether you're in um, high pressure or low pressure mode. And that's it, there's no math, there's no exponentials, there's no like logarithmic stuff you gotta do. Um, it's really easy to get that data out and, and calculate it instantly. Uh, ST has a library if you don't want to uh, write it from scratch, uh, check it out. It's not, you know, Arduino, but it could probably be easily ported to whatever platform you're using. Of course, it's going to work great with, um, you know, ST's uh, IDE and tools, uh, but it's on GitHub, so check it out. I, you know, I really am enjoying that um, Silicon vendors are now releasing published open source code for their drivers, for their sensors. It's um, it's a big step up from, you know, even like a decade ago when you were really on your own. You read the data sheet and good luck. Um, but having it in, <clears throat> not under NDA being open source and available is awesome. So check that out. There's also an eval board, which I can uh, show on the overhead real fast if you want to get started quickly. Um, yeah. Digi has the eval board in stock and it's basically just a simple breakout. Yeah, well. And then here it is. There's, um, we like to do these when you can actually buy them. Yes. So yeah. uh, this sensor is actually available. You can purchase it. So it's not part of the chip shortage. It's yeah. part of uh, NPI. We wouldn't do that to you. No. So this is, uh, let me see. Focus lock. So this is a sensor in the middle there. So this is just a simple breakout. Uh, I think this plugs into some of their dev boards. Um, but you've just got the I2C pins labeled out here and the interrupt ground power. Uh, and just a capacitor, that's all you need. And um, you can see it's a quite small sensor. It's designed for watches and wearables, but of course it can be used for anything uh, that needs uh, high pressure waterproof sensing. Okay, and that's I on MPI. All right, we're gonna um, remind you, this is the code for our store tonight, Makerverse. But don't forget, you can also, um, if you're thinking of going to Silicon, coming up with Adam Savage Makerverse, which we talked about all throughout. This is our disclaimer. We just trying to help out, get the word out. Um, but if you want to, um, there's the code Adafruit there too. And we'll have some reminders on all our social media platforms later. Let's uh, do some new products later. Are you Let's ready? do it. No new 
song this week? New, new, new. Sorry, <laughs> the, the new song is. Oh my goodness, there's so much going on that there's I so am. Much new. I am. I can't handle all the news. All right, so uh, let's kick it off. I was like putting like there's I usually a have a minute on. before the NPR. There's a lot going on this week. New product. Okay, so let's kick it off. Okay, starting off, we have um, this like 30 in one DC adapter kit, and we do have a couple of DC adapters. Um, because basically all of our power supplies have 2.1 millimeter inner diameter, 5.5 millimeter outer diameter plugs, you know, our 9 volt adapter, 5 volt, 12 volt adjustable, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but people are like, I want to use this with some weird ass device with a weird ass connector. Okay, this is it. This is the weird ass adapter party. You get 30 adapters. Some are weirder than others. Um, I can show them off quickly. I just want to show people how they work because um, basically each one of them has a uh, 2.1 millimeter DC jack plug. You have your uh, standard wall adapter that we sell. Again, the most common sizing is 2.1 millimeter inner diameter. Uh, you plug it in and now it is a different plug. So let's say you're oh, like, cool. I have a weird uh, Lenovo uh, or Dell, uh, I think this is Lenovo, uh, rectangular laptop connector yeah. and you wanna plug it in. Okay, only thing is of course the adapters the adapters do not do any voltage conversion. They don't do any polarity conversion. So this they all assume that you have a center positive adapter because again, that's the, like 99% of things are center positive. Uh, not good for a, um, if you're doing something with, like there's some audio devices and pedals that use center negative. So basically you get just a ridiculous number of like, what is this? I don't know, it's some other laptop. This is like a Dell Inspirian thing. Who knows? This is like plugs. Sony and Lenovo. Plugs, plugs, plugs. You've <laughs> got stuff. And some of these are like a total nightmare. Like this one is yeah. like a, a phono jack. Um, <laughs> like I've, I've seen this. I've seen like your power goes this through a 2.5 millimeter phono. It's, it's totally cursed. Uh, you yeah. know, 1.1 millimeter inner diameter, all, just, yeah. all sorts of weird ass I have ones. so many things where I'm like, Can you imagine, I'm never like, going to find the power gonna adapter, I'm going to need this now. Yeah, yeah, so I'm taking this home because we're gonna, and there's, there's always like, and, and like yeah. they all look really similar, but they're slightly different My sizes. My sharp Zaris PDA will finally yeah. get charged <laughs> up. Um, so yeah, so there you go, you get you get a whole bunch. Uh, so we recommend, there's two, two ways I recommend, one, use our DC power adapters. We have again, a adjustable one. You can dial in the voltage when you need 19 volts or 17 volts or six and a half or whatever. We also have our USB type C uh, PD adapter. So you plug into a standard USB-C um, power supply and it gives you again, a 2.1 millimeter, but then you're like, okay, I have to actually convert it to my laptop. So you want to basically turn your laptop into a USB-C powered device and it's using one of these crazy ridiculous plugs um you can then do that so uh 2.1 millimeter don't forget doesn't change the polarity doesn't change the voltage it just changes the plug okay and are the uh connectors labeled as to size they are not labeled on the the plugs themselves but on the website we have a list of every single size yeah. but it's pretty much all of them all right, what's next? Next up, we've got a bunch of servo helper cables. This is a shrouded servo to um, basically triple, like separated triple header plugs. So you're like, why can't I just use plain headers? You can use plain he uh, jumpers for this, um, but what's really nice is if you look at um, the socket, it's got that little notch cut out, which means you can't plug in your servo backwards. So it's kind of good for kits yeah. and workshops on the end. Um, the pins are separated, and what this means is, 
if that's kind of nice. I bring my demo, that's the song, is bring my demo. Um, over on the overhead, I'll show really fast. You can take your servo, you plug it into the adapter, and then it splits apart. So if you're plugging into something like a servo, yeah. you're not doing the little game of like, how do I, That's which nice. cables are connected? You just have all the colors and you have five ground and whatever your signal line, and then um, your servo is going back and forth. That's cool. We also have a version with alligator clips. Right. Same sort of thing. Uh, alligator clips separated out to um, a nice servo plug. Uh, again, you're like, why can't you use jumper cables, alligator? Well, it's got this nice, like, it's shrouded and it's like the right orientation. And then um, for this, I will show this version on the overhead. I know there's so many new products. Uh, you have a micro bit, you have a Circuit Playground Express, you have some wearable thing. Um, you want to connect a servo, uh, you don't have to worry about mixing up pins or anything, everything is like labeled. Uh, and ready to go. So it makes it very easy to uh, connect any standard servo. Just plug it straight through. And you get a little bit more length. Okay. Uh, next up, more cable adapters. This is a JST-XH extender. JST-XHs are 2.5 millimeter pitch. Um, they look like this. They're often used in uh, like arcade um, connectors or buttons or like anything yeah. that has like an LED that's connected to a wire. It's a pretty, you know, we have JST-SH extenders and stuff, but XH is also used, um, like I said, especially for um, arcade buttons and micro switches. It's a very common connector. Um, so this gives you a bit of stretch. Okay, a little bit of a follow-up from some of the things we were showing off last week. We've got more colors of these. These step switches, um, like the TR-808, uh, we have the other video, of course, that also covers these. Um, they have a single pole double throw switch. They have a beautiful clicky connector and we've got the multiple colors with a red LED. So uh, again, often used in like step sequencers in the 80s, but I think it'd be pretty cool for some project you wanna build now. Um, they do work, uh, JP reported they worked in perf board. You know, things are on a 0.1 inch boundary, but they're not easily used in a breadboard where there's like um, lines for each row. They're best used in like a gridded proto board where you can kind of free wire them. Um, but you get a couple per pack and like, yeah, multiple colors, red LED, um, a great little input and they're very, very clicky. Yeah, so you can check out the page there. And we also are doing more of these potentiometer knobs. Yes, we've got these micro knobs, uh, sometimes referred to as Davies 1900 style. I've also got a beautiful demo with a potentiometer, rotary encoder. Um, what's nice is that they all have set screws and so whether you have round, D-shaft, or T18, uh, doesn't matter. It'll work with any kind of six millimeter-ish uh, knob. Um, so we've got brown, purple, and green, and I think we actually even put in blue like right before the show, um, but which is fine. We have, a, we have all the colors, and don't forget, we also have a rainbow pack. Um, if you see down there in the corner, we have a pack with one of each color. So if you're like, I don't know which one I want, get the rainbow pack, it'll get you one of each, and then you can decide if you want you know, the four packs of other knobs. Okay, and the star of the show tonight, besides you, Lady Ada, our community, our staff, our customers, um, is a product that grew in and from the community. Congratulations, Joey. Joey has a product in our store. It's a feather wing. It's the star of the show can this week. Can you distract people? Because I left the demo on my desk. Can I distract people? Yeah, I can always distract people. Okay, so, um, 
my distraction will be so this uh, print that we did of the uh, Buddha scan. This one has a zero infill, so it's hollow. Okay. This is a resin print. It's heavy. So that's it's a good distraction. Okay, well. so let's start from the let's start from the beginning. The star of the show tonight, besides you, Lady Ada, our community, our customers, and our staff, and all the folks who purchase things at Adafruit, is this LCD Featherwing. Joey, congratulations! Yes, he made a product. He kitted it. He sold it. We bought some. So this yeah. is a Featherwing specifically um, for adding a really fun LCD display he made a custom LCD display and apparently he did a talk about it too which is cool so this is a custom made LCD uh, this just demo shows it flashing all these are individually controllable but I'm just flashing them on or off there's like a moon there's an alarm there's like a wireless signal there's like data transfer uh, there's a battery AM PM um, and then of course uh, you can see multiple digits here not everything is lit up but there's like another digit um, there's a colon um, as well. You know, it's kind of, and you can see there's decimal dots. So it's got lots of segments. Oh, and a, and a negative sign back here. You can see that isn't lit yet. Um, so I just have it set up with the, the CircuitPython demo, which just sort of blinks a couple things and then increments uh, the time with the colon dots. Um, what's neat is that this uses a, unplug this here. It uses an I squared C, a very fine pitch I squared C to LCD converter, so all of that like controlling of segments and like the timing and all that is taken care of for you. Um, you just have this chip, you connect over I squared C, he even has the instructions uh, in this bear, I think. I don't, I think it's a bear with like some sort of robotic leg. Um, and uh, it's got a reset button and you can um, change I squared C pins, you can change the address. And then uh, the custom LCD, which is like exactly the right size. You can make a clock, a calculator, a bandwidth detector, um, all, all sorts of cool stuff, whatever you'd like. And it works with uh, CircuitPython, although I think there'll probably be an Arduino library um, eventually for people who want that. Um, I'm using it on a Feather M4, but it'll work on you know any Feather, any Feather device with I squared C, which is basically all of them, um, will work with this design. And our receiving team said that uh, Joey's kits that came in were the best package. Everything was complete. Everything was perfect. Out of every vendor, we've had thousands of them. Congratulations, Joey. That is high praise from our team. All right, and so pick it up. That's the speaking products. Okay, cool. Uh, we're gonna do a top secret, and while we're doing the top secret, don't forget, Makerverse is the code for our store. Adafruit is a code on Silicon SJ if you want to go to that event and hang out with um, Adam, Adam Savage, Savage Jen, Jen, Sophie, Sophie, Jay, and this year's theme. Um, Digikey. Yeah. <laughs> and this year's uh, theme is uh, creating the improbable. So uh, we're going to do sh some top secret. Yeah, we got the top then, secret yeah, video. So um, go over to Discord and start posting your questions. I have a couple lined up. Um, but we're going to do some top secret, then we'll bounce over to the questions. Here we go. All right, this week's top secret. Um, we did a little video, and we're just going to play it because uh, we have a bunch of screens on the way. Okay, Lady Ada, what is this? Hey, everybody. Uh, we're here at the Adafruit factory where we do all of our manufacturing. And today I'm testing out some TFT samples. So, you know, we get these raw TFT panels 
uh, from factories and sometimes we evaluate new TFT samples or new factories. In this case, we've got two versions, very similar looking, of a five inch TFT display with a touch screen. And so what we like to do is we load the sample in and we make sure that the touch screen part's working and that it's colorful and uh, the contrast is good and the backlight works. And if it's good, then we can have it as an alternative supplier and we test with a uh, single board computer so it's very easy to set it up and then put it away when done. And so far, uh, I actually really like this sample a little bit more than the TFT we currently use. Uh, so we'll probably end up transitioning to using this slightly brighter looking TFT. Next week's this that's this is we words are starting to fall out of my head. Uh, that's this week's top secret. Uh, we'll have more next week, um, but let's go over to the uh, questions, Lydia. Let's hit up some questions. Okay, so uh, the questions this week, um, as far as unobtainium, which is things you can't get, uh, jets and nanos. We don't stock those. Yeah, we don't stock them anyways. Some of the hardware locator Twitter um, sites that the uh, the chat posted, uh, sign up for those. Um, we're more focused on Raspberry Pi stuff, so that's uh, what we've been um, trying to manage this the supply of. Um, but there are some Jets uh, Nano, Jets and Nanos. Um, they're just on other sites. Um, because the BNO55 is unobtainium, but 085s are available, I'm planning to extend my 085 CircuitPython library to simulate some of the 055 methods. Um, if so, do you think the community would be interested in sharing? Uh, the um, person making this, do you I think? will say we actually did, I think we did put some uh, BNO055s in the store, and I think we might have a couple more in, in stock left. So if you, if you just need a couple, uh, we do have some, and I think we also shipped some out to DigiKey and Mauser of our breakouts. So. Um, you know, you will be able to get them. Um, okay. That said, it's always a good idea to make sure that your library can do either because just because we have some this week does not mean we'll have some next week. Okay, I can answer this one, I think. Um, hi, I'm new to this community. I have limited knowledge of electronics, but I'm learning. I have a project in mind and have been to the Adafruit site. I'm having a hard time narrowing down the board I need. Is there somewhere on the site or this forum where you could point me in the direction that would help me narrow this down, what I need. Yes, so there's a couple places you can go. Of course, you're in Discord right now, so save the project you're doing. And if it needs Wi-Fi, or if it needs battery, or if it needs things, the team will, um, or the community will say, oh, here's a board you can look at. You can also go to circuitpython.org downloads, and we have filters on the features of specific boards. And even though it says CircuitPython, you know, there's, our stuff supports Arduino and all that stuff, but that's a good way to do it. You can also look, of course, on our website, but that's where we stock a lot of stuff, so that's a little bit harder. So you might want to check out the Make Board Guide. What um, a great idea. They're coming up with the next one soon, the 2022 one, but the last year one, 2021, is available. And just go to uh, any search engine you want and type in Make Magazine DigiKey Board Guide or Make Magazine Board Guide, and you'll be able to use their interactive viewer um, but if you type in what project you're doing, um, we'd be able to help you out and just say, oh, like, what are you, what are you trying to make? And yeah. here's a uh, board that you can Yeah, use. it's really hard because we have so many breakouts and so many dead boards, and, and some we carry just because people use them in older projects, so they're not the new stuff, but we don't want to discontinue them because we try not to discontinue. Okay. Uh, and some of the latest and greatest, but sometimes the latest and greatest is so latest and greatest, it's a little tougher to yeah. use. Yeah, we also have a guide. Um, thank you, Mark, who posted this up in the chat. It's uh, on the Learn site. It's called Choose Your Circuit Python Board. That's a good guide, too. But usually, you know, it's like, oh, if I want Bluetooth, here's a series of boards. I want Wi-Fi, here's a series of 
boards. I want both. Here's a series of boards. Oh, I want to make sure it has battery on board or a screen. Here's a series of boards. And so that's kind of a way to start thinking about it. It might, um, that's not the answer. It's just how to get to the answer. Yeah. Uh, question for the show. Is the Adafruit APDS9960 going to be okay to sense if a red LED is eliminated with color detection? Or is the board better for seeing reflection of an item? Um, yes, it can detect LED. Yeah, I mean, it, light coming off of something that's illuminated or red light hitting it will both um, be great for detecting oh. color. Uh, whoops, I must skip this, but I did not. Can the step switch have the LED change to a different color? Not easily. Not easily. And they only really come in red, so I pretty much went with red. Okay. Um, here is the question about the board. We might have some suggestions. I want to use a motion sensor that will send a signal either to my phone or my Google Nest Hub. It needs to run on battery, and but I would like to use a solar panel to keep it charged. I think this is a good one actually for the forums because there's going to be a couple questions: what kind of motion sensor yeah. and how you're expecting to send it to Nest. So that's the solar panel stuff is easy, but it's like yeah. getting that data. It's like can you use if this and that. I think yeah. we need to. Yeah, it get, might need to be a board that works with Adafruit I/O because then you have to use if then this that, and then yeah. you can use Nest. So that that'll be. That'll I don't want to. I don't want to say like get this and that, and then it's like oh shoot, but you're using Bluetooth. Yeah, but you're or getting Wi-Fi. closer to what we'd be able to or yeah. the community this is a great thing for the forums um, that yeah. we answer questions like this all the time yeah okay uh, I think that is it because we got a bounce I think that's going to be all the questions it was jam-packed and we've been we've, yes we've been in this chair for 90 minutes yes we've been here for a long time um, so that's our show for tonight Thank you, everybody. Um, don't forget the code is Makerverse. That's on Adafruit.com. And then if you are planning to go to SiliconSJ, don't forget, use uh, the code Adafruit. That'll be going all the way until the event, I think, um, and you get 15% off. So please consider it. Um, and like I said, uh, we get nothing for doing this. We just think this is a cool event with a lot of people we know. So that's why uh, we're helping out. Turns out we like things, and we like to share. Um, Who would have thought? My, my, my moral of the story of... of tonight is um, you know we like to make things and share and even if it's just a news article or a book or a movie or code um, the more you give the more you get and because we like sharing things like code and how to make things um, Joey has a beautiful series of tweets and I can't believe I just said beautiful series of tweets in a sentence because normally those things aren't true um, but it's a good example of when you share and you give, um, it doesn't diminish you in any way. It just makes everything brighter. It's like the whole, like, you can light another candle with a candle. It doesn't make the original candle any dimmer. You can light more together. So I think it's really neat that um, you can use even a platform to get the word out about an event. You can say, oh, here's a cool uh, movie or a cool uh, song I heard. Uh, here's all sorts of things. Um, what's the sense of holding it in? Because you never know what's going to spark the next person. Um, so I think that's kind of neat, and that's the theme, and that's why we're really happy to um, see all of our friends who are running um, Silicon and friends uh, we haven't met in person yet. And um, all the people that are going to go to an event like that, and years later, they're going to say... That's going to be so much fun. Well, they're I'm gonna very say, jealous. That's when I got my start. Or, you know, someone like Joey who's like, oh, he was posting today. He's like, here's my first um, kit that I bought from Adafruit. It was like 2018 or something like that. And now he's a manufacturer of electronics. 
And everyone talks about like, well, how do we have uh, manufacturing uh, come back? Or how do we do this? Or how do we do that? Well, um, action and sharing seems to be a really good way. So anyways, thanks everybody for coming by tonight. It's very much appreciated. And um, we'll see everybody next week. Special thanks to Zay behind the scenes. Um, also, thanks to uh, Kmatch, who sent the uh, awesome uh, hack tablets. These are really cool. And a cool demo. Yeah. They worked. And uh, really nice yeah. And you know, I would normally I open up boxes before we do something because I'm like, well, what if something? <laughs> Who knows what's going to be in the box? Um, but that worked out really well. And uh, special thanks to everyone who's been helping out in the chats during tonight's show and more. And thanks for your patience because we had a very long show and tell, but I think it was worth it. So we'll see everybody next week. This has been an Adafruit production. Here is your moment of Zener. We'll see you next week, everybody. Thank you.